friends, we are back with another episode of Bradeshwar Diaries, documenting the journey and dilemmas of a millennial parent. This is brought to you by iCafe Podcasts, born with the collaboration of Tell Me Your Story and Zero Hour Entertainment. I am Koral Das Gupta, your host, and I look forward to an episode which must give me a lot of pleasure and you a lot of information. Today, I'm sitting with Shunali Kudlar Shroff, who is an author and columnist and a very beautiful person inside out. And that makes me uh, bring myself to her with a lot of questions that I raised in my last episode and get those verified, clarified in whatever way possible. Shunali, welcome to Bradishwar Diaries. Thank you for having me. So, Shunali, what are your Bradishwar Diaries? Some things, the funny things, the good things that you would like to tell us. You know, my kids are now. 12 and the older one will be 17 soon and so the bratty days are in a way be- far behind you know the toddler the cute days and my first book was a lot about uh, you know the bewildered battle of a bewildered mom was about that phase when my kids were crazy and I was losing it myself and I was completely I was completely uh, and a non not a very conventional mother because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't peg myself but to my children's achievements I wasn't a helicopter parent and my idea of being a good parent, I could be wrong here, wasn't about uh, making friends with all the mothers at the school gate. Okay. Mm. As it turns out, it was a bad move. Because at that stage, a lot of children's friendships and play dates, when they're very young, was defined by which mother was schmoozing or hanging out or befriending which mother. And I used to stand with a book very often at the gate, okay, or sit in my car and just go there to fetch my daughter because that was the time when I wasn't really working at all, just writing from home a little bit. Uh, And I thought, okay, I'd like to be there. I'd like my child to see my face once a week when she comes outside of school. So I didn't have the dedication to go every day, but I did as often as I really could and wanted to. And uh, then I reached a stage where I realized that, you know, I sort of walk with my head in in the clouds and I used to keep asking this, nudge this class mom and say, Whose mom is that? What's her name? And she says, Shunali, we've been together in the same <laughs> class, char, four, five, six, seven years. What the hell's wrong with you? Okay. So this was so this was a standing joke that if somebody invites Shunali, that girl used to side text me. Her name is Nandini. She used to side text me and say, by the way, this is this one's mother. You thought she's a girl's mother. And also you're talking on the class chat. I need to correct your correct you there. So so I've been this sort of a mother and my own mother was actually a tiger mother. Mm. And she was, uh, she even today she's a tiger mother. So she's been this parent who will go through my school diary every day, check my homework, go over my, you know, grades with me, see where I can improve. And she's really worked extremely hard with me and my sister. But I became more like my dad who was laissez faire that I trust mm. you and you'll manage on your own. I'm putting you through good education, paying your bills now figure it out on your own so I think that a little um, the middle path is better which uh, I'm inherently a lazy person and I didn't want parenting to be work I wanted it just to be fun Mm. so I was a loving doting mother I I quit working just to stare at my children obsessively Uh, and so I did do all of that but I wasn't the sort of mother that they're making today and maybe a little balance might have been nicer than being this hippie parent Mm. okay so Anyway, I think we, we got by. My husband used to work a lot back then. He still does. And so the girls and I have sort of grown up together. I know it's a cliche, but it is true. So we've mm-hmm. traveled together. Uh, they introduced me to Instagram. Uh, we've we've quarreled over how much I despise the Kardashians, my pet peeve. <laughs> Uh, and my older ones constantly only wanting to be like them or like Gigi Hadid. I didn't know who Gigi Hadid was. So the thing is that 
somewhere, you know, you chat so much with each other, you try and introduce them to Little Women and Emma and uh, good literature and they do uh, reverse colonization of your brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so you start looking at the world from their, from their lenses. lenses. And uh, so with my older one, by the time she was in the sixth grade or seventh, she said, Mama, from today I want to study on my own because you're really horrible when you teach me. You yell at me and scream at me. And that's how my relationship with my mom was because, you know, she was a disciplinarian and I used to not look forward to our lessons together, though mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very, very close to her. So I was like, okay, fine. Even I don't want to work that hard. Go study on your own. And the younger one is very conscientious as it is. So... Someday she's explaining to me that, Mama, I have this review tomorrow. And I'm like, you have a science review? She said, no, Mama, I told you I have a humanities review. So it's almost like that. Mm. But I feel that children should be self-motivated and you should be around to course correct. Because when my mom, when I went away to university, I didn't study at all because mom wasn't there to say study. Oh, so I didn't want my kids to go through that. Huh. So that's the thing. But in terms of memories, we've traveled a lot together. We still do. What are some of the fun memories? I mean, tell me one. So the, the most recent one is my kids. My kids have been skiing since a few years. Once my daughter had to be lifted by a chopper because she skid and fell. Oh. And it was, a. I was really panicking at that time. But she said she had the best ride of her life. <laughs> uh, and then it was my turn to fall. We, we do this sort of every other three of us. And, you know, what happened that my sister climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and she is actually a garden slug. Oh. And when she did that, my daughter said, you know, Mama, I know why you're trying to learn so hard to ski in your middle age because Masi climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> which could have been true. It's the, you know, it's it's the hallmark of midlife crisis that you start climbing mountains and doing things you haven't done before. So I had given up all attempts to learn to ski because I'd had several falls and I thought I'm too old to, you know, mm. uh, break an ankle on the slope so I wouldn't bother. But I cracked it. I cracked it and uh, I cracked it sort of by fluke, okay? I hadn't mm. really perfected my technique. But so when we'd go with you know, go with the same instructor. And I reached the same level as my kids. But the third day, I'd be on the same slope as them. Three of us, like three ducks in a row, <laughs> going up and down. And this is two years ago, and she, Devi, passed away. Mm. And I just reached that uh, place to ski when I heard this. Anyway, I, I remember that we had been going up and down this really complex slope. And on the fourth or the fifth day, I don't know, I suddenly thought about Sri Devi's daughters. And I thought about mm -hmm. how it's a it's a very vulnerable time in a girl's life. And yeah. being a mother, I was just thinking about how they will manage, of course. And because I got distracted, I forgot my moves. <laughs> and so I slipped a bit. And the instructor said, get up. You've been doing this slope every day. And I said, no, let me just go down on my butt. He said, absolutely not. You'll crash into some other skier. It's very dangerous. So I, my kids were saying, get a mom, get a mom. Mm. I, I didn't have the courage to do that. So I chucked everything and I went hurtling down. And then I flew over the edge of the mountain, which I <gasps> couldn't see what my kids could see. And I fell in a heap of powdery snow and I'm giggling, okay? Because one after the other, this for the ski sticks go, then, you know, the one of the skis falls off. And I'm thinking he'll manage, the instructor will manage. But I didn't know that from my, my kid's point so of view. It so dangerous. It, I mean, I could have died, actually. Anyway, so I had the helmet and all on, but I could have crashed into another skier. And yeah. got, so anyway, I just got lucky and I fell in this mound of snow, uh, two, three slopes down. And the instructor came to the edge and saw me and jumped and yelled at me. He's an Italian and he said, you know, you Hindus, you Indians believe in karma. I I want to tell you, don't rely so much on karma. This is foolish. You are a young mother. What is wrong with you? Your children are still small. 
oh my god my kids <laughs> by the time he actually retrieved me from the snow which had entered all my nether parts <laughs> and he pulled me up my kids were looking horrified you had to see the expressions on their faces okay till today it's it's a memory that will always remain with them because they really thought they lost <laughs> their mother and then they gave me a sat me down later that night and they both spoke to me about how irresponsible i am okay <laughs> and they said you know what don't ski but don't be this irresponsible person yeah. and if your mind is going to be so distracted maybe you need to do some mindfulness breathing in the morning or some gyan like that and i was like wow <laughs> well i asked for it they were really really scared i think they probably began to value me more after that <laughs> because <laughs> the tra- the the transience of life was just exemplified nearly <laughs> So yeah, so those sorts of things, and you know, we'll be sitting on a beach holiday, and then my older one will say, uh, "I'm standing in my bikini. Can I post a picture on Instagram?" I'll say, "Absolutely not." Okay, and she'll be like, "What? You're an 18th century mother?" And I'll be, "Well, I'm not a mother who thinks a child's bikini picture should go on an Instagram." And then she'll be like, "Okay, can you do a candid?" <laughs> she must know I'm doing this podcast. She'll disown me. I'm not forbidden. She told me, "Go make material of your own. My life is not material for you." Oh my! I mean, I'm I'm waiting for those days to come. My son already he's seven years old. He already tells me that I don't know anything, which I don't because he talks a lot about cricket. Yeah. And I'm like, just buzz off. Do you know Saurav Ganguly? I asked him once. He yeah. said no. I said just go and learn everything and come back. You have to know everything about Saurav Ganguly. You are you love cricket. Are you a Bengali son? How can you not? <laughs> so he went and told his father that she has gone mad. Do something about her. But then he learned. <laughs> he learned about that entire generations. Gangule se lagate tendulkar tak. But you write a lot about him, don't you? And you talk a lot about him. A stage will come when he'll be embargo. He will yeah, say, "Do not take stuff out of my life." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, uh, of course, right now he's too small and he doesn't know that there's something called Facebook. He knows that there's something called Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and he's very conscious that what are you putting up? Yeah, yeah so he's already my, seven and a half. Yeah, but he doesn't have access. The day yeah. he has access, it's the end for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I get blocked very often by my older one. Younger one isn't on uh, Instagram or Facebook, uh, and my older one actually a very sensible kid. So she's actually not somebody who's uh, using Instagram in a bad way or who's attention seeking. Mm. I think I post a lot more than she does. <laughs> Once she told me, you know, Mama, you keep posting pictures of the landscape, mountains, some goat, some cow. I want to tell you that if people want to look at this stuff, they can follow the National Geographic handle. Okay, Instagram is about your life. People want to see what you are doing on it. So she told me this about my before my book uh, came out in uh, July, August. And so after that, if you see my a lot of my Instagram posts have become about me. <laughs> <laughs> she said your pictures are not so good you know i think uh, this is the point that you raised that we look at any kind of social media uh, profile or social media channel as something that we love to do yeah. as something that we love to talk about that's totally our mind they are far more strategic they are far because, more you know, strategic their about medium. their brand It's their medium, and also the other thing is that I think as a writer, you don't want to be populating your Instagram with your own selfies, mm. okay? Uh, and one also tends to judge people who constantly post their selfies. But she said that's fine. Don't post your selfie every day, but nobody wants to see the dog, the cow, the hill <laughs> at the frequency at which you do it. Because you know, I was also working towards that whole thing that book is going to come out. I'll use Instagram as mm. a medium a to medium. sort of yeah. So that sort of a thing, yeah. So there's much to learn from them as well. True that, true that, totally. Now, uh, Shunali, I'll ask you some of the things that 
I had raised, I mean, I am, you can understand that I'm a seven and a half year old's mother. My head is full of confusion and I am full of guilt and I am full of questions. A few of them I put up, a few of the uh, solutions I have carved for myself, but those are mine. Right. I want to know more. Right? right. So some of the questions that I'll ask you stems, stems from there. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, I often felt or I often thought about is that we all lead very busy lives. Mm -hmm. And the child is also there. And mm -hmm. even when we are at home, something or the Four other is on. The laptop, yeah. the, the, I mean, if not the mobile or the laptop, the brain is on. That's you know? true. It's working. True, true. So there could be a time when... Uh, the child feels that they need us, but yeah. don't necessarily want us. Yeah. And more than how much it affects us, it would affect them far more that right. they are not learning to love, they are not learning to share. Right. How do you look at this kind of a situation, which is very true at this point of time? So I am guilty of my child wanting my attention and me saying, hmm, hmm, because I'm either preoccupied or reading Twitter or sending mm. an email. My younger one, gets really upset with me about this, you know. And I'm really happy. I told her that I said, you have to be strict with me around mm -hmm. my phone. Because when you work from home, especially, uh, you know, you go to office and come back and you switch off. Chances of that are higher than you working at home through the day, off and on, off and on. And, the, you know, uh, you don't do anything in uh, watertight compartments then mm -hmm. in terms of your time. So I think that uh, what my effort now is... Uh, is to give quality time to chat with them. See, the thing is, uh, I know it's you lead by example and all that stuff, but I think children want to be heard more mm -hmm. than lectured to. And so I try and chat with them when they come home from school. My older one is only, you know, only when she has some confusion or some dilemma is when she will really now chat with me. Otherwise, she's too busy. Tuitions, classes, is that in the other? The younger one and I speak a lot more. So this loving, caring, sharing... I think they just see it and they imbibe it. They do pick it up. Mm. Okay. It starts with each other. Now you have an only child. So I think you fix play dates. Uh, you encourage your child. You know, sometimes the child will say that kid is very boring. I don't want to play date with mm. that kid, you know. Because we're teaching them inclusion. And um, by inclusion, it also not just LGBTQ. It means, and caste, it means even a child who's really not as sparkly as the next kid in classroom, Right. So I think these are very small kind of things. bond with people that he may not have, may not have met before. Yeah, but accept them. So the thing is, I think that there's too much made out made of parenting today. If you live by instinct, mm. just by instinct, then you don't have to make a project of how do I make my child more caring? Mm. Yeah, how do I make my child more sensitive? Read to them, chat with them, be around them. Sometimes the child will say, "You know, this one was very bad and very rude to me." Uh, and then you say, oh, it's okay. Maybe she was having a bad day. So I think, uh, like my older one is, it's remarkable, Coral. I don't know anyone in this world who knows how to forgive as e easily as she does. Mm. And she lives by three rules. I didn't voluntarily teach these to her at all. I tend to be quite judgmental. She's not judgmental at all. B, she will never speak behind anybody's back, even if she's upset with them. Mm. So if there are 18 friends or five friends and one has really backstabbed her, what would your instinct be? Would be to call the friend you're closest to in the group and share your woes with her and say she's backstabbed me. This one won't do it. Mm. Okay. And I was like, how did you pick this up? And she said, Mama, I don't know. And I actually learned that from her now. Uh, not to judge people. One day she told me, Mama, you judge people very easily. I'm not like that. 
So supposing she's had a fallout with somebody and that girl has been really vicious to her and then she turns around and says, you know, I want to be friends with you again. She says, Mama, people change. We should give them that much scope and have faith. That's amazing. Which is so profound. But also my older one is very spiritual. Mm. Uh, I used to practice a Buddhist philosophy and I introduced her to that at a young age. So uh, so she she does it now. I, I've become passive, but she does it more actively. So uh, just the importance of sitting and breathing or doing yoga or praying, offering thanks to the universe, connecting with source consciousness, okay? I think these things can anchor a person. Mm. So even if you uh, go off kilter and you stray, you have this thing to come back to. Mm. Very nicely you have explained. So my second question, you know, at this point of time, we are, most of us are in nuclear relation, uh, nuclear families. Mm. Uh, I, for example, grew up in a nuclear family, but the rest of the family were around. So every other day we would go there, have our cousins around. Mm. We were one big extended family right. and we would meet very often. Right. Now, uh, my family is in Calcutta. Tuhin's family is somewhere else. Uh, we are in Mumbai. My brother-in-law is in Bangalore. Mm. So, and of course, we have a lot of friends. But even then, we cannot be meeting them every day because everybody is stuck in their own. So, what ends up happening is we have to play multiple roles. You know, when I was growing up, I would have a mama, chacha, nana, you know. Now, I have to play the mama, chacha, nana, mother, teacher, everything. That's immense pressure. At times when the child is asking for a grandmotherly affection or yeah. indulgence. Yeah. At that time, probably I am uh, behaving like a crazy cousin. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of overlap and that's a lot of pressure on the parent. And of course, the child has his own bit. I don't know whether it's a suffering which he, which he is taking or even if I discount the child's part for the parents, it's huge pressure. Hmm. How do we just, you know, relax ourselves a bit? So I live in a building. My in-laws live on the ground, on the first floor and my <coughs> mother doesn't live here. My sister lives in Singapore. Uh, so the fact of the matter is that, yes, we are all leading these very isolated lives. Even though my in-laws live in the same building, I don't see them for weeks. Okay. Hmm. So there are two things here, the way I look at it, Coral, I think that the best thing you can do for your child is to love them Mm. with all your heart and soul and mind. But the other best thing you can do for your child is to let them be disappointed. Okay. Because life will disappoint you. True. So this, uh, we strive to give our children perfect childhoods, right? Don't yell at them, don't shout at them, their self-worth, their self-esteem. I think we got bashed around so much, okay? <laughs> we went through so much and my dad was in the army and we were traveling a lot. We had a lot of friends. We also didn't have that much family around. But of course, my mother and my father tried to fill up all those gaps, sometimes perfectly, sometimes imperfectly. Mm. So the thing is that in our striving to give them perfect childhood, we are somehow not allowing them to get disappointed. Like for Christmas, he wants this. So Santa must somehow deliver this. Mm. For his birthday, we had promised him this. So even we have to kill ourselves. We have to put together our resources and organize this. So what happens is life will disappoint them. And when life disappoints them, they will not have the skill set to cope. True that. A girl will ditch you. A boy will stop taking your call one day. A teacher will give you a poor score, even though you deserve better. And... If you see and if you read about it, 
suicide rate is on the rise because parents aren't teaching their children to be sad and disappointed or bored. All three things are very important for personal growth. So sometimes my daughter says I'm bored. It's just be bored. Mama, it's a weekend. You're also, you know, I've been doing a lot of lit fest the last couple months and my husband's also sometimes not been here. And so when she says, Mama, um, I'm so bored. It's a Sunday and you're not here. Usually I leave on a Friday anyway. So I said, so be bored. You know, you went on a play date yesterday. Mm. Uh, sometimes she's even disappointed and she cries. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, so that's the thing. So it's not it's, it's okay. Like their... don't kill yours. Don't put that pressure mm. on yourself. No matter what you do, even if you lived in a joint family with every other relative, today, there might have been an aunt who would have been mean to your kid in your absence. I'm saying there's no such thing as a perfect childhood. We will hurt our kids. Our parents hurt us. It all happens unknowingly. Like Louise used to say, we are victims of victims. True that. Right? So it's okay. So I just think that if your intent and your heart is all there, I, I catch myself apologizing to my kids so often. Because I know I've really goofed up. So the other day, you know what happened? I went to school for my older ones. There was some extended essay workshop uh, because she's in the 11th now. So they'll have to start submitting ex essays for university applications next year. And my daughter, who my younger one's an athlete and she had won a couple of medals in her on her sports day. So at two o'clock was going to be the ceremony of the medals being given out. Mm -hmm. The sports day had happened, I had attended that. Do you know, so I came back one day early from Jaipur Lit Fest to be there for the sports day. And I kept thinking that I'll leave school now, have lunch, go to Juhu, have lunch and come back just in time for this two o'clock thing. At two, I was sitting in Soho House and working on my laptop and my phone is going buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> All the class moms are putting the photos of kids getting medals and trophies on the chat group. And that's when I remembered. You forgot? Yeah, so I didn't pay my bill. I left my laptop there. I left my uh, books there and took my purse. At the speed of light, I reached school. Of course, by the time I ran and reached the auditorium, she had just gotten up the thing. And I was like, damn. So I had two options. I could either lie to her because I have the pictures now and say I watched it from behind. I don't want to teach my child to lie. So I said, look, I'm sorry. I messed up. And I love you. And parents make mistakes too. And I had every intention of being there. But I'm really sorry. I hugged her and said sorry a few times. She said, Mama, it's okay. I won medals. That's what matters. So, yeah, that's Actually, it. Actually, <laughs> for some time, I couldn't But talk, I wasn't guilty. You know? I wasn't guilty. I, I mean, I did feel guilty briefly, but I was like, it's okay. My heart is in the right place. Hmm. They know that. Now, if my mind is only scattered, I don't do this very often, but I'm just saying. True that. You know, something that I really believe in, and I have practiced it elsewhere. And now in the parenting space, I would uh, like to ask you about this. That it is said that you create experiences. Knowledge will follow. What are the kind of experiences that you have done with your child or you feel that you should have done with your child? Tell us those so that I wish I had worked harder. I must confess, you know, the, the thing of reading, reading to your child every mm. day, for instance. So I did that for the longest time with both my girls. But I think that, uh, and I, I realize this about Bengali families, by the way. The ethos that you all grew up in is very different, say, from a North Indian family. Mm. And so just growing around um, people who are talking about art, culture, literature, general knowledge, sitting with your kids and doing mental math with them as a form of a game. I think I could have done those things better. I didn't because... Uh, you know, I also feel they've studied all day. Now they have a math tuition. Now she has a ballet or whatever, athletics class. 
Now let her just chill. Hmm. So uh, the minute I start talking about general knowledge to my kid, they're like blah 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 blah. They get bored. Okay, <laughs> but I feel that they're also little sponges growing up, and I feel that I could have worked harder to fill their mind up with a lot of knowledge, hmm. uh, which would have become a way of life for them. Uh, they've seen me read. My house is littered with books, and my older one likes to read. My younger one loads it. Oh, and. Um, so i i could actually sit with her every day and start reading a slightly more difficult book but what happens was they are home we just start chatting and it just becomes that hippie family mm. where you're not applying yourself to developing something in your child i'm completely guilty of that see you now that's where a dadi or a nani would have played a role exactly my grandmom used to come and stay with us a few months every year and she used to tell me ramayana and mahabharat and tolstoy and all russian literature which my dadi would uh, simplify for me and share with me wasn't my mother doing that mm. from a very young age and so you're right that uh, of course it's a less than perfect childhood when you don't have a nani or a dadi to supplement that aspect of your life but i could have easily taken it on because uh, i have the time for it but i think i just need to create that headspace reading is something that i have successfully got my child into hmm. and uh, i know how to do that how to do, play the cards how to you know mm. manipulate everything so that they get into it that mm. i have very successfully done yeah and uh, it was fun now when i see him reading and yeah. reading faster than me it's oh, realness i try to do that with the chotu it didn't happen the older one likes to read but now there's so much on netflix and she qualifies so everything is 16 plus right she's nearly 17 so she can watch anything and so i see her distracted by that uh and she'd rather watch a movie adaptation than read a book one of the things that i have managed to with myself i mean uh, this one will get me killed because i am in touch with many of the heads of these stations i don't have any subscription of any of these ott platforms oh, that's Netflix, perfectly Hot fine star amazon i don't watch any yeah that's good i actually i hardly watch it myself because i would rather read than watch yeah but nowadays when you know people are speaking to me about my book or book rights or whatever and this conversation comes up so what are the kind of shows and i'm developing a script script also and somebody will ask me what kind of shows do you like to watch and i'm like oh i last watched <laughs> fleabag and before that i watched crown in two years i watched two shows so uh, yeah i don't like watching uh, TV or shows. I don't watch TV or all these at all. I am a movie film. I mean, film buff totally. Hmm. I do uh, watch films, hmm. but this I know that if the day I have that subscription on my mobile or on my laptop, I will expose it to my child. Yeah, I think uh, as far Because as you can, they will them. see. He will see me doing it. Yeah. He anytime sees me on mobile on laptop, he believes that that is the right thing to correct, do. Correct, correct. And that is what will make him adult. Right. So I don't want him to become adult no, in no, another new right way. Thing. You're doing the right thing. So uh, my next question is, you know, uh, certain things that I observe, certain things that I think about very deeply as an adult in my professional life, I try to kind of use those in the parenting space as well in the domestic uh, environment. And the most important word there is leadership. Mm-hmm. it is said that leaders develop more leaders mm-hmm. as parents if mm-hmm. we are leaders mm-hmm. how do we le- develop that leadership in our children because unless we are doing that mm-hmm. we are not good leaders neither will they be see i don't have an answer to that all i know is that um, there are certain things that are like supposing for me it's very important to raise a kind kid mm. i'd rather be raising a kind kid than a genius who is callous okay very true 
and so I can be a leader in certain areas. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe not all. So it's important to be healthy, eat healthy, be fit. Uh, I don't spend my hours yakking on the phone. Uh, see, they're watching. You are not a leader of words. You're a leader by what you do Action. and say, right? Action. Um, now, not fibbing. You know, sometimes you're in the car, you have not gotten into your car and somebody says, where are you? And you say, I'm on my way. You haven't even left your home. Mm. And I used to do this sort of stuff. Sometimes if I was running late, very conveniently. And then I realized my kids are seeing this mm. and they're thinking it's okay. And so I stopped doing it and I actually sat them down and I said, I want to confess something to you. I realized that I was making a mistake when I was saying that. That's a fabulous point you have said, Shandali. So I said, from now, I will not fib. So the other day, uh, my daughter's uh, sports, uh, he wanted me to go to him for physiotherapy and he rang me and he was expecting me. I had forgotten. He was expecting me at four and I was sitting at home at four when he rang me. Mm. And my first instinct was to say, so I just left. And then I said, no. Rania was sitting right there, my younger one. I said, so uh, I should have just left, but I forgot. And I'm sorry, can I come to you some other day? So I'm trying to do that now because, you know, kids are very smart. They'll say, mama, but that day you lied. Mm. But that day you said this to Nani. They pick it up and they fling it at your face. We used to think twice before flinging something at our parents' faces. These kids yeah, are yeah. different. They're totally. very cheeky and they're 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 very they're not afraid to be honest. Yeah. So And I don't think there's any point telling them that don't compare, don't try to compare yourself with me. I mean why why not? Yeah. Why not? So you know that's what I'm saying. So if your child sees you go and work with an NGO, like I have a friend by the way, her name is Pooja Kapoor, and she works closely with a lot of NGOs, HIV kids, blind blind adults, uh acid victims, you name it, okay? Mm. She's dedicated her entire life to doing this NGO work. And her daughters do it so naturally. They've seen it. She hasn't had to speak to them and say, do this. Her older one finished graduation, came out with a line of clothes that she auctioned online to give the money to some NGO. So I'm saying that if your child sees you pursue anything, mm. sees you do yoga also, they might say, mom, it's so boring, but they will eventually do that, mm. you know? So, uh, for example, my kids hate going to an art museum with me because I've taken them to so many so early in life mm. that I thought I will inculcate a love for the arts in them. It didn't happen. They resent the idea now. But I'm sure that when they're slightly older, they will have an appreciation for that because it's acquired taste. True that. So it's up to you as a parent what you want a child to acquire a taste for. Good behavior, respect for adults, art, literature, culture, whatever it is, they may not show interest at that time. But so you can lead in those those ways. You know that. Shrali, my last question to you is, uh, you had just touched upon that very briefly, saying that you had left your career. I mean, you just didn't look at your career. You mm. wanted to have a fun, uh, be a fun mother mm. and have a fun time with your children. Mm. Having said that, you have balanced your career extremely well. Hmm. In spite of being a mother, you hmm. have taken care of yourself in the right way. Much later on. I, in fact, have okay. written about it extensively in a lot of columns. The thing is that when I was, uh, when I said I want to just be a mother because it seemed like so much hard work to me that mm. I don't think I'll be able to juggle a uh, full-time career with being a mom. Full-time motherhood. Motherhood. And I knew my husband wasn't going to be around much, okay? So I think between a husband and wife, you decide who's going to be the prime breadwinner. Mm. So this isn't about feminism. 
this is just about deciding that okay coral you go and earn the money i'll take it easy so i'll spend more time at home so in our case we decided my husband was going to be the primary breadwinner and he told me but you should keep working mm. i was like no i just want to be with this child because that's what my mom did and and very soon i reached a stage where i stopped being anything else the same people i knew from work would meet me now and say how are the kids or how shavan there was nobody asking me what are you up to these days because everybody knew that she's just a stay at home mother and i i mean i'm 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 happy that i invested that time in my children because uh, a career i could work on at a later date but my kids childhood once missed would be missed i have documented every moment of them crawling and burping and you know mm-hmm. uh, either in my memory or with the phone camera because i've been that around and that hands on but i think that there is no real equality and there is really no um i mean you really can't be preaching feminism to people if you have no personal wealth of your own okay true that and uh, it's okay if it's a big inheritance but if it isn't and you give up everything uh and you decide that it's okay i can live without earning any money i don't need to then somewhere you are actually doing disservice to yourself mm. and i was too young to realize it at that time but i say it to my daughters now that no matter what in your life you will always continue to work so i had actually given a very long gap in between my kids and restarting my lost career uh also as you know that uh, writing is hardly a uh, you know money spinning uh, <laughs> career uh so i feel that i could have uh, kept the slow fire on and let by some part of my career continue i could have straddled both worlds mm. it was all too convenient to not do that and also that obsessive motherhood that i was consumed with so um so i i i i mean i could have done a lot more with my life and if i could go back again into the past i would keep some sort of a part time career going like i wouldn't just completely give it up for some 7 8 years the way i did Shanali I had a great time talking to you thank you so much for coming for Britishwar diaries i mean i think this episode our audience will have a lot to take from and it's a great learning from me as well thank thanks you. for having me Coral totally my pleasure dear listeners please do reach out to us with your thoughts on hello at icafepodcasts.com if there is something significant that you have to share which benefits our audience we will invite you to speak on our show British World Diaries is brought to you by iCafe Podcast. Please subscribe to www.icafepodcasts.com or hear us on all other audio apps. Stay tuned with us. We are bringing this on iCafe Podcast.